So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. This is Aaron Amuchastegui, the host of the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. And I'm super excited for this podcast for something that we've never done before. So we looked back at 2021 and we looked through the stats and we looked through the YouTube videos and the downloads and saw who got the most people to listen, who got the most people to add and subscribe. And we've got a few different categories of kind of our best podcasts of 2021. And so there were 10 that stood out and I'm going to do a countdown here and I'm going to go through the 10 highlight podcasts of 2021. We're going to let you listen to a few minutes of each of them that for moments that really stood out to us to really give you a taste of what you're going to experience if you go back and listen to those podcasts. And hey, the listeners can't be wrong, right? These are the ones that got the best reviews, the most comments, the most downloads, anything. We had millions of downloads in 2021. We had so many listeners out there listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, so many people reaching out to us and saying, hey, um, they really, really appreciated all that you guys do, all that the listeners do as you guys network and share the ideas with people, you are changing people's lives. So I'm super excited to celebrate these with you. And now let's get down to it. So in our first category, we've got two categories for the best YouTube by watch time. So these are the two podcasts that by far, that and these two had more than twice as much uh, hours viewed and hours listened to than any of our other YouTube page released ones. So maybe it's based on their followers they have out there. Maybe it's based on so much interaction, but, uh, but here we go. So this one is, uh, here's a few minutes of episode 1001, getting out of the military and into real estate with Shelby Osborne. And it's, and this is in our category from best YouTube by watch time. And this is a really, really fun one. And I'm not too surprised that it made it on the YouTube category because me and Shelby were so interactive. We even made some joke videos about it because we did so much talking with our hands and jumping around and we just had such a fun time. So here's a few minutes of that one. So why did you decide you want to become an agent in 2018? I was in the military for six years. I graduated in 2012 and commissioned into the military and spent six years of development for sure, um, personally. And then you get to that point, probably with any like W2 job where you start looking around and you can see your next five, 10, 15 years. And I started thinking about what that looked like. And I had a pretty clear picture and it wasn't what I wanted for myself. And so I started looking out you know, for different ways to stop trading potentially my time for money. And that's when I found real estate investing. So I was an investor first, investor minded first, and then decided to get out of the military to pursue real estate full time as an investor and also an agent. Cause I figured what better way to nest, you know, my goals of making active income and pouring them into passive income. And it just made a lot of sense, especially since, you know, with real estate as an agent, there is no ceiling it's daunting, but like, if you, you know, crush it, you, there's no one who's going to say, no, you can't make more this year. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no barriers to entry. There's no ceiling. The, I mean, you're instantly an entrepreneur. I think that's, that's what some people don't understand all the way, right? When they think some people might think of it as another job and you have to think about it like you're, like you're running your own business, right? Your, your time frame, your decisions, people yes. aren't going to make it happen for you. But again, there is no ceiling. So if you, uh, if you do well, if you work hard and you get a little bit of luck in there too, uh, totally not pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So 2018, you did a bunch of deals. And then yeah. 2019, you started your team? Yeah, it was January of 2019 is when we became official. I started planning for it in um, September-ish. So if somebody is coming into their, you know, whether they're in their second or third year or their 10th or 11th and they want to, they think they want to start a team, what advice would you give them? Do you really want to? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you don't. It's hard. I'm like, I'm not sure. I mean, no, some people really do want to. Um, and I don't regret it at all. Like, I'm very, very grateful for the team and the community that has been built and still exists. But being a traditional team leader where, you know, the, the splits are high, you know, it's 50-50 or even more if you're doing listings, that comes with a lot of responsibility. Because the amount of value you have to provide, you don't have to, but I felt obligated to, has to equate to the amount of money that these the your agents are contributing towards that team. And so um, it's just, it, it is a lot of work and it's absolutely possible, but you definitely have to have be systems minded and attract the right people. If you have systems and you have the right people to run those plays and help continue to grow those systems, I mean, the world is yours. You can do anything. Very cool. What's um, any last kind of recommendations, excitements, predictions, stuff that you love, things that you need, either investors or agents need to hear? I would say both investors and agents need to accept the fact that they are the ones who will make or break their success. And there is no easy button. I see this time and time again. It's like people are just looking for an easy button as an agent or an investor, like, okay, well, what's the easiest, best, fastest way, but you can't replace the work. No matter how many checklists, tools, who's teaching you, whatever, it's up to you about putting those things into action. It's up to you using your own brain and critical th critically thinking and finding the solution, even if it's difficult to find. So just like embracing the fact that they own their destiny is what I would recommend. I love that. The, yeah, we're in charge. The, we're in, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you say you can make your own luck. I've had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of lucky experiences that helped some of my bets turn out a lot better. Uh, but I had a lot of, I, I had a lot of times and a lot of years and a lot of businesses that failed and didn't work out when I was trying that same amount. So, so the, you are as an, as an agent, as an investor, you are in control of your destiny. There's uh, I love the, I love just that simple quote that there is no easy button. All right. And if you like that one, remember that was in our YouTube category, best YouTube by watch time episode 1001, getting out of the military and into real estate with Shelby Osborne. Here's our next one. So this is another one, YouTube by watch time. We're, we're again, these two podcasts had twice, more than twice as many hours listened to than any other of our podcasts on YouTube. This is episode 962, how to succeed as a small town solo agent with Sarah Allen. Here's a few minutes of that one. Like, so now you've done a bunch of transactions, you know, a bunch of volume. What was something you wish you would have known that first year when you just got started? So honestly, there's a few different things. I am very much a, I push myself to work really, really hard and I motivate myself. I'm a self-motivated person. I've played golf my whole life. So 
I needed to go out practice alone, practice that mentality. So I'm, I'm, I fall into that really well. Um, but I also fall into being a perfectionist and I want to say it's okay. It's okay to lose a listing. It's okay to feel burned out, to take a step back, to relax a little bit, readjust your plans, readjust your goals, um, and just keep moving forward. I guess it would be fail forward as everyone says. Um, so that would be a really big piece of advice that I would give a new agent who's very similar to me and just wants it all right off the bat and is willing to do everything. And then another piece of advice would be to really plan, set a goal, break that down into very manageable items and step-by-step processes, and then follow through with that. You really need to you know, find a system that's going to work with your goal. You're going to follow that system to a T, and then you're going to follow up with it and make sure that you did follow that system, figure out where maybe you lacked a little bit, maybe an area that you really loved, and what was the return on that, and then repeat it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite system? Um, yes, it's just winging it. No, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, my favorite system is just, I exactly what I said, kind of that three F system where you find a system that you really like and follow through with it and execute and then follow up on whether or not you did it well enough. And it was a great system. Um, I also really am a, I'm a huge goal setter and I really enjoy reaching those goals and knowing that whatever I did today or whatever I'm going to do tomorrow put me a step closer to that end goal that I have. And I would say that's probably my, my biggest system that helps me continue moving forward and continue doing the steps that I need to take to, to reach whatever I'm trying to get to. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro- their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. So what about your number one way to succeed in 2021? So the is there anything you're going to do different or that you would tell agents right now, like this is what you need to do and expect this next year compared to last year? Our, our market here in Prescott is pretty saturated with agents. Um, so it's, I would say, finding your niche and really focusing on that niche and uh, marketing yourself towards it. Uh, I have decided to really dive into more video, as I mentioned earlier, and it has gotten a huge return just even the short amount of time that I have been doing it. And I just really want to focus on that because that's something our market is not doing here in Prescott. 
And I think it could bring a lot of value. So that's something that I'm, I personally am going to be doing. And maybe it's doing a, an evaluation of where your market is and saying, okay, what are we missing? And is that something that I can fill? And can I fill it well? Um, and just try it out. Just shotgun method. Just find an opportunity and shoot and see if it sticks. All right. And if you want to go see the rest of that one, and if you haven't listened to or watched us on YouTube yet, maybe you're missing out. Go check us out over on YouTube. Go subscribe to us over on YouTube too and see why these two podcasts stood out more on YouTube than they did on their download. So that one was episode 962, How to Succeed as a Small Town Solo Agent by Sarah Allen. All right. Next up. So the we brought this podcast in. So this category was the best first week download so if any of the podcasts that we released in all of 2021 this one got shared the fastest with the most people that wanted to listen to it right when it was coming out and this was state of the market 68 how to get buyers offers accepted right now so this was a really interesting one because i had several people join me on this podcast i had uh diego corzo join me i had daniel del real join me i had kimberly Meserve join me i had elliot hoyt join me. We had a bunch of people on here, you know, as we had this big discussion of what does it take to get our offer accepted? So here's a few minutes of state of the market 68 with really our dream crew of people talking about that. What's the number one trick or strategy you're using right now to get your offers accepted? We were fortunate enough between two of us to get five buyers under contract in a week last week, which is really tough right now. So we're proud of that. The biggest thing that people neglect, I think, is is actually talking to the agent. I know it sounds crazy to anyone who's a half-decent agent to not talk to the agent. As a listing agent, I see so many offers from the same agents to week to week. If I list a property that's similar and they can put another offer in, they never even call. They're just shooting it across the hip. If you do not call the other agent to try and get any kind of insight about the seller situation that they're permissible, they can permissibly tell you, um, you're not doing your client the service they deserve. The first thing I would say is stop looking at list price like it even matters. We're trying to remove that from our vocabulary on the team. We don't say things like over lender list. It is, it's an arbitrary term that has nothing to do with the way that the market is right now. It, agents often list their house way less than they know it's going to sell for. And sometimes they list it way higher than it's going to, than it should sell for. You got to get your client off of thinking that way. The baseline for what a house is worth should not be the list price. Um, and, and if they can get past that, it makes it much easier to write for you're actually going to get. Because what buyers think is they're competing with the seller. I want to write a low offer. He wants a high offer. Let's see who wins. But they're not. They're competing with the 14 other buyers that want that house. And if you don't want it more than the other 13, then there is no reason to go try and get that one. Just move on to the next one. So what we do is we talk to listing agent and say, what price will get this done right now? Echo what David said is, is negotiations. You got to ask, right? And then you got to ask and shut your mouth, right? Because it, it, sometimes agents mm. tend to talk themselves in and out of deals. So you say, hey, when I get a call from somebody, what Elliot says is correct. Like 80% of the agents don't even call you. Right, you're like an agent that's moving a ton of inventory. They don't call, but the agent that calls, if they were to say, "Hey, Daniel, what's your highest offer?" and they shut their mouth, I will most likely tell them, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't. They're like trying to beat around the bush. And sometimes I think it's kind of funny. Of like, man, just ask me. Come on, just ask me. I'll tell you. You know, it's like a first um, because like David said, our job is to get our, our client the most we can for it, right? Um, so that's that's something that that number one you can't overlook that yeah of course no contingencies when it comes down to to uh, appraisal making up appraisal differences you know reducing your inspection periods or eliminating them 
Single families outside of the city, average of 10% over asking. Condos is different. Um, I have a couple condos uh, in Boston proper, either under agreement for full list or slightly below. Um, so it's just totally two different markets. And then in the single family market, you know, if you're not waiving inspection right now, you're not even getting in the conversation. At the end of the day, we submit an offer waiving appraisal because of the fact that I asked the seller if she had the previous inspection and I was trying to build as much rapport as possible. And that is super important now. So she sent us the inspection report from a year ago or something. And that allowed my client to feel comfortable to submit an offer waiving inspections, right? So maybe they may not be online, like on the MLS or something, but by building rapport and asking the right questions, that can be something that might be able to help a buyer be able to submit a, an offer, especially without inspections and all of that stuff. Other than that, everything else that everybody has said, really, really good ideas from that perspective. Yeah. All right, and if you liked that one, be sure to go listen to the rest of State of the Market 68. That was you know way back in the beginning of the year, but it was an exciting uh, interview jam-packed with so many great speakers in it. And again, that was our best amount of downloads, our highest number of downloads in the first week of release was State of the Market 68. All right, now we're gonna go into our category for our best of 2021 for the number of downloads and total watch time on just the digital podcast version. So the, there's going to be seven in this category. So I'm going to go from, they all had a ton of listens, but my last ones are going to be the people that got the, the most watch time. So number seven on the list, the seventh most downloads out of the whole year, out of the hundreds of podcasts that we did last year, episode 953, the difference between good and great real estate agents, Jay Pitts. Yeah. Yeah, what is one thing that someone would have told you about real estate? your first year, or if you could go back and tell yourself one thing, what advice would you give yourself about, about real estate? It's not how little you spend. It's how much you keep that matters. So you could rephrase that. You could say you got to spend money to make money, right? For, for me, I spent the early part of my career pinching pennies. I was incredibly frugal. I was incredibly stressed. I was overworked personally. I put too much on my own shoulders, on my own back. I'm good at that, right? If you go back and listen to that episode with my dad, you'll, you'll hear that in his voice. Like, that's what he taught us. He taught us how to work. And that was the answer. You know, nobody can ever take your work ethic away from you, yeah. right? They can take everything you have, every monetary possession that you ever accumulate, but they can't take away your will to work. If you have your will to work, you'll always be okay. And that, that's true. But there is a moment where there's like an inflection point when you've had a little bit of success, where if you continue to do the same things that you've always done, you put yourself under a lot of undue stress. And I did that. I did that to myself. I did it to my family. I did it to my kids. I did it to my wife. And I wish I would have been more comfortable allowing others to help me sooner. So what do you think for 2021? If you were going to like, you coach your agents, you give them advice, you have your own podcast. If you're going to say, this is how you're going to succeed in 2021. Is it stick to the plan or is it what, any extra advice you give them for 2021? So we had our team retreat a couple of weeks ago. So for me, I, you may see this. I talked in the way that I talked about, you know, resilience and grace for, for me, words are incredibly important. 
mm-hmm. the meaning of words are very important. Having certain, like we have, we have, a, we have a team, a phrase, we, we like to call it right team, right time. Like that, that's reflective to me is that I have the right people in place for the right opportunity to make big things happen. What I told the team though, was the two buzzwords for our retreat this year for 2021 were context and discipline. That's it. So context is about knowing what you want, having a clear picture about what you're trying to achieve. And it's different for everybody as a collective. Our team is really looking for a monster year in terms of growth, both an agent count, volume, transaction sides, all of it. We were looking for that in 2020. We got it in an unexpected way. So what I basically did was flip it back to where I was in, in December, January, 19 to 20, that rollover from 19 to 20 and said, okay, this year should be a little more predictable. Mm-hmm. And if it's a little more predictable than 2020, where is our ceiling? Okay. What do we want? Okay. And honestly, for me, the difference between good and great is always discipline. That's how you get from good to great is discipline. We all know the things we should do that we're not. We all know our individual failings. We can give ourselves grace and still understand where we failed. And all I'm asking for from my team is just an ounce more of discipline. Just an ounce more. That's it. Just move the needle some. That's it. The the difference between good and great is discipline. uh, That's an incredible quote. I, I really, really like that. All right. So if you liked that one, that remember that was episode 953 with Jay Pitts, the difference between good and great real estate agents. I had so much fun talking to Jay on that one. The um, I felt like we had a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities in the way that we do business in our careers. We Our careers grew around the same time. And so that was a lot of fun. All right. Now we head into number six. So number six for the most downloads in 2021 what's episode 984 from 1.7 million in annual sales to 100 million in annual sales with luke newcomer this was a fun interview he was a podcast listener we'd reached out to each other a lot on on instagram and social media um and here's a few minutes of that one zillow leads built my business which is probably not a safe thing to say now but five four years ago it built my business and it streamlined me to scale and grow very fast And because of those online leads that I converted and sold two, three years ago, the amount of referrals and business and second, third home purchases that I get from them, it's amazing. And that's a big reason that I train my team. It's like, hey, these online leads, whether it's Zillow or from somewhere else, it's like, if you grow your business, like that is the highway to doing more and more business in the future. And it gets easier because if you treat those people right, after you sell them a home and you don't just go to the next one, you're going to get endless referrals and business from those people. I mean, it's, it just is a snowball effect that you can't stop once it starts. So I think it's an amazing trajectory, but it's very hard to convert those leads. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able 
to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. And what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out. Especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. One of the things that you said was, I said, if you were on stage, you know, what would your panel be? And it was a two-part answer that you gave. You said how to convert leads at a high level. But the second part that I'm more interested in, it says, and how to invest your commission checks wisely. What do you mean by invest your commission checks wisely? You know, it's funny. I don't even remember answering those questions until you said them out loud. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so what I mean by that is, and look, I'm, I'm not, I've done a lot of deals and I, and I, I've, I've seen everything that you can see in the last five years, but I haven't seen everything in the industry. So I would say I'm relatively newer and you hear a lot of stories. I think it's what you probably know the stat better, but 87% of agents fail within their first three years. So there's this revolving door of real estate agents. And I think a lot of people never got the, what's the word? Uh, they never learned how to manage money. So if you get a $10,000 commission, $10, commission check, it's like, well, you know, 3,000 is going to go to Uncle Sam, another 15, $2,000 is going to go to your broker. And then how much are you spending on marketing? You're, you're really not making 10 grand. And I personally feel it's like, okay, we're making great money right now. But I also realize that it might not always be like this. And I want to put my cash into things that I understand, such as real estate investing and other tools. So I hope, you know, the one thing I could tell agents that are making good money or on the pace to make good money is just like, don't buy stupid stuff. Um, invest that into assets, into business. I mean, we put so much, our first two years, we put everything back into our business and it's paid off great. But now, you know, the last in the last 12 months, we purchased a commercial building. Uh, we did a cash out refi on our duplex, got a better rate, lower payment, and pulled about 80 grand out. We bought a lot that we're going to build on. The house that I live in is going to get converted into a vacation rental. Uh, we flipped a property, and we are closing on a quadplex at the end of this week. And I'm putting a lot of my commission checks back into real estate because I don't think that I want to sell real estate as heavy as I do maybe 10 to 15 years from now, even though I enjoy it right now. 
And I think it's foolish to think that if you're making good money, that it's always going to be like this. And I haven't experienced a challenging market yet. I've been in a good real estate market since day one, minus COVID for a couple months. Yeah, I mean, a lot of listeners have heard me say that, that COVID was such a big lesson to tell people to diversify. All right, and if you liked that one, remember that was episode 984 uh, with Luke Newcomer from 1.7 million in annual sales to 100 million. And now we're going to number five. So for our fifth most downloads in 2021, here we go. It's episode 983, the do's and don'ts of social media marketing. This is with real estate agent, Julie Patterson. The majority of our business does come from social media. So we are heavily focused on social media. Um, a lot of inbound leads are coming from that. Um, we, a lot of leads, you know, when people, there's a lot of folks that people think, oh, they're going to get a call today and they, those people want to buy a house tomorrow. And that's not really the case. I mean, even with social media or anything, real estate kind of is a long game. And so you've got to have stuff set up and prepared. So when you get those leads coming in from social media, you have a follow-up plan in place to stay and communicate with them throughout. You know, it could be, we have some people in our pipeline that came in two years ago that are just getting ready to buy a house. So they come in, we make sure that we have them set up on an, on an email sequence. That's not, I, I kind of am a, I'm a, cheesy kind of a dorky type like I like goofy silly things we're pretty silly we do pretty dorky videos and and cheesy videos that we do and so the emails and the nurture sequence that goes out is like that you want people with social media the nice thing is people get to know and see you so if they like you if you're your authentic self when you put yourself out there on social media they're probably going to like you when they contact you as long as you're being your your true self if you're if you're try to pretend like you're funny and you're not funny. Well, I mean, don't, don't do that. So my email sequence is similar to, to how I present myself in real life and on social media. So we connect with people over a long-term time frame, And then when they're ready, we, we are hoping to be the, be the person that they reach out to at that time. And we stay in communication with them. So social media has been a game changer for us. So the, so if somebody came to you for advice and said, Julie, i I've been an agent for a while, but we have not crushed social media. What are the first two or three things you would tell them to go do? Um, in your in your social media, make sure that when people look at your page, first of all, make it public. Uh, social media is social, so stop trying to be private on your... I mean, you can still be private and be careful with what you're putting out there, but have your page be accessible to the public so that they can see. Um Secondly, when I go to your page, it needs to say who you serve, what you do, and where you do it from. Because I'm shocked at how many agents I go to their page, and you can't even really tell they do real estate, and you certainly don't know where they do real estate from. So it'll say, realtor, you know, I, I'm Julie, I'm a realtor. And you're like, well, where are you a realtor? Where are you? Where do you sell homes? I mean, I, I can't tell. So those things, I think right there, that is an important factor and would probably be pretty chain, you know, pretty game changing for a lot of people if they just made their stuff public and be, be caught, be aware of what you're putting out there. So if you don't want to be perceived as like a, a drunk or something, don't be putting a bunch of party pictures, making a fool of yourself. Like, I mean, people understand you're going to have a good time, but be cautious of what you put. All right, everybody. And if you liked that one, that was, that had our fifth most downloads in 2021 episode 983 the do's and don'ts of social media marketing with real estate agent, Julie Patterson. Next up, 
So this one is our fourth most downloads of 2021. And this was a really, really fun interview too. The, I think he's going to be excited to hear that he made the top four. So episode 952 closed one deal per week as a part-time real estate agent with Garrett Maroon. I was also on Garrett's podcast a little bit later. Here's a few minutes of that one. So if someone wants to build a referral-based business, right? They're in their first year or they're in their second year, or they've been beating this for a few years and they're saying, hey, instead of door knocking, I want to try to do this new plan. What's the path? What do, they, what do they do first? How do they make sure that they build that referral-based business and what sort of traction should they expect? The first thing, if you're, if you're a newer agent, this is what I would do. I would get in a room by myself. I would shut down my computer, my phone. Believe it or not, the world's not going to explode. And I would write down a hundred names of people that I know just a hundred names. And I know that seems like a lot, but trust me from the people that you've met to anybody, just get a hundred names on paper. And then you're going to go about asking those people this particular question. You're going to reach out and say, Hey, Aaron, this is Garrett. How are you doing? Hey, I didn't know if you knew or not, but I got into real estate. And I just wanted you to know that I'm planning on building my business by caring for the people that I care about most like you. So, and this is the most important dialogue. So I was wondering if you had an eight, excuse me, if you had a friend or family member thinking of buying or selling a home, do you have an agent you'd refer them to? If the answer is yes, great. I'm super excited for you. I hope they take great care of you. They don't go in your database because guess what? They're not going to help you. If the great. answer is no, well, I'd love to stay in touch with you and be that agent that you can refer to friends and family. Is that all right with you? And of course, they're going to say yes, right? Then you get phone, phone number, email, home address. And then now you're starting to build a database of people that have said they're actually going to help you grow and commit to sending you referrals. That's first and foremost. And then once you figure that out, to me, then you've got to have just a systematic way to build relationships. So what, what I've figured out and I'm still figuring out along the way is that I created something for myself that is just systematically staying in touch with people. Your coaching course, is your coaching course about how to build a referral business? Yeah, mostly. So right now what we have, we offer people an action plan. So the perfect 36 touch system for me is just my systematic way that I stay in touch with people and build relationships and ultimately generate a lot of referrals. You sign up, uh, and every single month you get the mailer, the email to send out, you get the exact touch to make the personal touch, whether it's a call, a note, a party, whatever it is, here's what to say. Here's a suggested calendar of when to do it. Here's everything that comes with it. They get a backend access to four hours of video training so they can see the actual class. They can see a truncated class, a lot of other content of me just talking about different, what a database is, for example. So a lot of training and content. We send a weekly encouragement video and then a monthly workshop. And I will tell you a quick story. I remember being in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm sharing with this, this large group of agents and a lady in the back just starts crying. And I pause and I say, you know, do, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you mind sharing me why you're crying? And she says, you know, Garrett, I've been in the business for a year and everyone tells me the only way to do it is cold call. So I come in every day and I cold call and I cold call and I cold call. And she said, you know what? Quite honestly, it's not working, but most importantly, I hate it. And I always wanted to do by relationship, but it wasn't until I heard what you shared and how you do it that I actually believe that I can. That's what I didn't even have an action plan until that point. Yeah. That's what made me say, you know what? There are people like that that need help. And I want to help them figure out, you know what? You can do real estate your way. You can do it by relationship. It's absolutely possible. My own CEO in my office told me it's not possible. Well, I went in and maybe I was just young and naive, which is probably true. And I said, I'm going to figure it out. I want to help other agents say, if that's who you are, if you are a relational agent, 
And it doesn't have to be only by referral, but you want to grow the relationships and build the database and have more referrals than you've ever had before and work in a better way, have a higher rate of return on your money, right? I've spent very little on marketing, have a higher rate of return on your money, higher rate of return on your time. And then go home for me. I just want to go home and be with my family. If you want to do that, we can help you. We can help you figure that out. We can help you do that. And so that's my heart behind this. I want to help agents understand that at the end of the day, they can have a successful business and they can have a successful family life. They don't have to pick one or the other. And that's really the heart behind helping agents understand this is what we want you to do. Make it really simple. It's the easy button of real estate. Make it really simple. Press the button. Do exactly like we tell you to. It's not going to take a lot of time. And I promise you, your business is going to start growing. Your relationships are going to start growing. So that's really the heart behind everything. Yeah. And their and their happiness you know, starts to yes. grow too. All right. If you liked that one, that was our fourth most downloaded topic in 2021, episode 952, close one deal per week as a part-time real estate agent with Garrett Maroon. All right. And here we go. We keep running down that list. This is, F, this is the third most downloads in 2021. This was a really, really fun interview I did. This was a state of the market number 80. The, is the hot U.S. housing market starting to cool down? This was a detailed, detailed discussion I got to have with Andrew Cushman. Andrew and I got to talk so much about kind of mortgage statistics, interest rate statistics, uh, housing, what's happening with rentals, and so many trends over the last 10, 15 years, and what we're expected to see now. I think you guys are going to love this one if you didn't listen to it yet. All right, here's a few minutes of State of the Market 80. That article pretty much said, hey, we see um, average listings going up, months of inventory going up a little bit. So they think the fall is going to be an easier time to buy houses. Do you agree with that? And then also, do you think that that tells us the housing market is going to continue to go up? Do you think it's going to go down? Or do you think it's a neutral sort of comment? Um, I do agree with it. I think it's going to get a little bit easier for buyers come fall, especially in the single family world. And, you know, I, this is going to, this may sound weird to some folks, but I see that as a, as a vote for the, in, the market continuing because that's what's needed for it to be healthy. If we continue at 13% growth a year for a long period of time, that's going to lead to something completely unsustainable. That is such an interesting point there. Andrew's point of if the market you know continues to go crazy for another six months to a year, we're more likely to see a crash or a correction that's big. Uh, if we if we kind of slowly get into a healthy market of three months on the, um, uh, three months of inventory, six months of inventory, we don't see that price correction and that price correction. I'm a little surprised by your vote on that one, but I think I actually, as you talk through that, I, I agree with it. I agree with the concept that it would be better if we get to healthy uh, instead of seeing crazy 20% year over year, 20% year over year, because that is the correction. Yeah. So so I think my official vote would be would be neutral. Because as long as it, because if it goes too far, then yes, we could we could have a bit of a decline. Um, but when I look at, I'm gonna say it would it would have to go a long ways to get into the too far category. So I think is it you know the in the in the immediate term, I think it's a healthy thing. So I would vote positive. But the, the reason I say neutral is because well, if it were to continue and get to nine months of inventory, then that changes things. But I I have a tough time seeing that happen in the near future, anyways. Most people are saying, should I buy a house now or should I wait? Should I sell my house for top dollar and buy again uh, in a year? And what's going to happen as they're trying to forecast? So this economist is saying, wait until 2022. The, what do you think about the things that they're saying in there? The, I think the clear the thing to get out of that article is they did not say they're expecting price declines. They, expect, they said they're expecting growth to slow down, right? So that says... That doesn't say prices come down. That says the rate of increase slows down. 
So if you're looking at a $250,000 house that's appreciating at 10% this year, maybe next year it only appreciates at 3%, but it's still appreciating. So if you're waiting to get in, just hoping to get a lower price, that's not what the article is saying. And candidly, I don't, I don't, and I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. At least not in most markets. Also, the other thing to keep in mind is most home buyers aren't truly shopping on price. They're shopping on payment, right? So what they're, what you get, what, what the, the true thing to look at is not just the payment of the house, or sorry, not just the price of the house, but it's what does that mortgage payment look like? So when you take the price of the house combined with where interest rates are, that's that's the really determining factor of 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 you know how much you know cooling and growth that we might see. Um, you know, for example, if you look at the last couple of years, prices have shot through the roof, but rates have come down. So therefore, that payment is still affordable in in, in most cases. I mean, clearly, there's market ex, you know extremes and examples of where it's not affordable. But just generally speaking, even though prices have gone up as rates have come down. Those, those dropping rates have made that payment affordable and the vast majority of Americans are shopping based on payment. Um, so I don't think that article is saying that a crash is coming. I think they're saying a cooling of the rate of growth, which again, I, I hope that happens. I think that leads to longer term market health and sustainability. All right, as a reminder, that one was our third most downloads in 2021, state of the market 80, the hot US housing market is starting to cool down with Andrew. Cushman. So with our second highest downloads in 2021, you guys are, I think a lot of you listeners aren't going to be surprised. I've had this guy on the podcast several times uh, before, and really we always get a ton of downloads, a ton of listeners, a ton of interaction from people because he has so many fans as he is the host, the sole host right now of the Bigger Pockets podcast, David Green. Here's a few minutes of State of the Market 76 Millennial Home Buyers biggest regrets just a good chat of me and david going back and forth about the market and again this one had the second highest downloads in 2021 so here you go this article it's a business insider article and if you're watching on youtube you can see the article but it just came out eight hours ago it says millennials who snapped up homes in the hot real estate market revealed their biggest regrets from unexpected costs to high mortgage payments. And the funny thing about surveys is they could say like, hey, do you have any regrets? And of they could course. probably say, yes, I have regrets, but I still wouldn't do anything different. And so the so I think the, the word regret can be strong, but it says 64% of millennials regretted buying their current home. Again, I don't know if that means that they wish they wouldn't have, but this says their reasons included unexpected maintenance costs and high mortgage payments. The frenzied market led many buyers to snap up homes skipping inspections and due diligence. You know, when we were on here like four months ago in the Boston market, like Kimberly Meserve talked about, she said every buyer there was just released, was just waiving inspections. That's the only way you could get your offer accepted. So the, it said uh, among homeowners between 25 and 40, they surveyed 1,425 people. All right. So regret may be a strong word and maybe, but this is really funny. Maybe funny is the wrong word. 20% of, 21% of millennials said maintenance and other costs are too high. Does that surprise you? No, because no, I mean, what's the stereotypical understanding of a millennial that don't know how to do anything and they're not very aware of what's going on in the world around them? I don't think maintenance costs are any higher than they were 50 years ago. I think 50 years ago, people knew how to fix things on their own 
and understood when I buy a house, stuff's going to break. Yeah. I think the offset is it. So the, so when you rent a home, somebody else takes care of it. When you own the home, you take care of it. But the other benefit too, if you're really pinching pennies like that and you're going, Hey, I was renting a house for 1400. Now I'm buying, now my house payment is 1400. The tax credits a benefit of owning a home offset it. So and the loan pay down, yes, yeah, yeah. At the same time, so the person that maybe so if if they spent, I would like to see like what was the average expense. And they're like, oh, well, I spent three thousand dollars more than I thought I was going to. I bet their house is worth three thousand more today than it was when. when <laughs> and if they you ask the it. same question five years from now, where their payments fourteen hundred and everyone else is paying nineteen hundred in rent that they used to be fourteen hundred. They'll say buying this house was the best thing that I ever did. Do you think agents need to do a better job at telling people ahead of time, hey, once you're a homeowner, you're going to have costs like this? Or do you think it's do you think it's not an agent's job? No, I do think that's an agent's job. In fact, it's kind of a little like be in my bonnet that agents tend to show their value as pure emotion. Hey, I will hold your hand the whole way. I specialize in first time home buyers. The process of buying a house for the first time or the tenth time is not any different. What they're just saying is basically, I'm an emotional caretaker in this process. And that is a role we play. But do you go to anybody else in the world who says, I'll hold your hand? When you go buy a car and the person says, hey, I don't really know anything about cars, but I will hold your hand through the whole signing process, you'd be hitting the road. When you go to a stockbroker or the person you're going to for financial advice, are they just offering emotional support or do you expect them to understand their industry and what it is that they're selling you? Agents need to be able to articulate to their client from a financial or a wealth building perspective what the best move would be for them and show them their options of why it makes sense. What I was telling my team the other day is we have a ton of people that are all scared. I get they're scared. If they were looking at themselves 10 years later with the way that rents are going up in the Bay Area, they would be terrified not to buy a house right now. I mean, it's literally 200 to 300 bucks a year that rents are increasing in a lot of these areas. So you're paying 3,500 in two years, you're going to be paying 4,000. Two years after that, you're going to be at 4,500. It's going up that quickly. If you don't lock your payment in by buying a house, you're going to be losing a ton of money. And if we cannot explain to people, that's the reality. Okay. Like the tide is rising. If you don't learn how to swim or you don't get up higher, you're going to end up drowning. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting, and now the big Rent Ready mystery can be revealed. Rent Ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new, I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from Rent Ready to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with Rent Ready's newest partner, REI Hub. Now I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past, and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And they're really, any software that collects payments doesn't make it very easily to do that. But now with RentReady, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your RentReady profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolio's balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this and here's something even more exciting. As always with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using RentReady, you can sign up using our special code ROCKSTAR50 and get 50% off your RentReady subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using RentReady, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, 
It's rent ready with an I at the end, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. To me, that's what the job of the agent is, is to really give you all the information so you can make the right decision. And I think agents have got ourselves into the hot water of having a bad reputation by only focusing on the fear elements of it or the emotional elements of it. All right. Remember, if you want to go listen to the rest of that one, that's State of the Market 76, Millennial Home Buyers, Biggest Regrets with real estate agent David Green. All right. And the final one. So this one had the most downloads by far of all our episodes in 2021. The This gal, she's going to be so excited to hear about this. When she came on the show, I remember how nervous she was when she first came on. She wasn't sure if we should actually even publish it afterward as we were sharing the story. And it was a really kind of an emotional experience for both of us because of how much of her story she talked about learning about real estate, listening to the podcast while she was still working in a school before she ever got licensed. And I think her story must have resonated with so many of you out there uh, because she had the most downloads and go listen to a few minutes of this one and you're going to see what I'm talking about. This is episode 980, How to Find Fast Success in Real Estate with Realtor Stephanie Heiser. So much of marketing and advertising is that name recognition. Sometimes we say you have to see people several times. So it's like the people that are there, they're going to see your name, hear it several times. And then now when they see you later with anything else that you're doing, like it has to, it has to help. Yeah, for sure. And and that just makes me think of the importance of branding, like my video on the screen is not just something I shot on my iPhone. I actually found this phenomenal marketing company and they've been doing my photos, my website, the copy on my website and the video. And it's just unique. It's different than every other real estate video and website I've seen And like, I'm not just any other agent and my clients aren't just another client. So I want all of my branding to convey that I absolutely love Visalia. I love real estate. I'm going to take you from like finding the lender till way after you've gotten your keys and that, you know, we just are very thorough and everything is different. I don't want just the IDX feed right when you log into my site. I want you to see the link to Visalia Love. And I want you to see like tips about the neighborhoods in the town. I want you to see the pictures of my team and how much fun we have together. So I think all of it just wraps into one package that just says who you are. Like your Instagram page is supposed to build your personality and provide content as well. I think I have like 28 followers on the Heiser home team page and social media is just not my thing. I'm working towards it for sure. But I just think like branding and being intentional, but also like being open to not being perfect is just a great mix. Being yourself and being authentic is just the only way to do it. What would you say to those people that are driving in their car right now that have been thinking for the last six months, should I become licensed or not? What, what would you tell? I'd tell them try, but you have to be willing to work your ass off. 
you have to be willing to spend the money. You know, it takes money to make money. That saying is absolutely true. And, you know, what really resonated with me, the podcast where like John Clyde, Peter Lorimer, Lorimer, sorry, Pete, and um, Sam, like anyone talking about being authentic and being yourself and like enough with the homogenized bullshit, as Pete says, like you just have to be yourself. Like there's a niche somewhere for you. If you love sports and baseball, go advertise at every sport event or anything in your community pertaining to sports. If you have a great church community, go run with that. Just find your niche or just try a whole bunch of different things and see what works. Like part of this process has also been like discovering myself and finding out what resonates with me and like the podcast episodes and then just little pieces that have been happening in my life lately. I'm just like, either you're like on my team or you're not like, it's totally cool if I'm not your vibe, but I'm not going to try to appeal to every single person. Like I'm just going to be me, do my very, very best, work my butt off. And I feel like just the universe provides like doors open up and you end up having what you're meant to have if you let that happen. And I definitely will not tolerate like really rude or mean clients. I don't have to work with anyone I don't want to. And I can work when I want, work in my pajamas, work 24-7 if I want to. And just, you know, being authentic is the best thing you could do. I can't believe how many times I had to encourage you to come on, to be to be like to come on and share your story. I know you were nervous about wanting to come on because yeah. you talked about earlier, like this imposter syndrome that we have, but you have absolutely earned your spot at the table. I cannot believe that you've had your license less than 18 months. And I get so freaking excited when you say I was not a licensed agent, but I was listening to the podcast to try to see if I should do real estate. You were trying to learn before. Like, so I don't know if there's a better testimonial for why people should be listening or if you have heard this and why somebody else should be. Stephanie started crushing real estate within her just first few weeks of getting her license, right? Why is that abnormal? It is an abnormal story, but she was studying to be an agent long time before she got her license. She was listening to tons of podcasts before she got her license. And so as soon as you got licensed, that was like a formality. You were already had the mindset. You were already off to the races. So it's like, how did you succeed so quickly? Because you'd already been doing this stuff for six months. You'd been thinking about it. You'd been learning. You'd been strategizing. Yeah, it was there. And and just you have to do what resonates with you. All of these episodes are phenomenal content. And some of them, I think that's amazing. I will never in my life do that. I will never cold call. I promise you that. But just hearing the people talking about being authentic or leaving their six-figure job, that resonated with me so much. And all these ideas about being involved in the community and lifting others up and the abundance mindset, it was just validating. It just gave me that confidence I needed to just go dominate. Well, thank awesome. you. Thank you. All right. And that's a wrap. Remember, if you want to go hear the rest of that one, more people listen to that podcast than any other podcast we did. 
in 2021, episode 980, how to find fast success in real estate with realtor Stephanie Heiser. You know, I was talking to Stephanie this week too, and I think she's going to be taking the lead on setting up the Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind, the live mastermind. We're gonna try to find sometime in the next few months to do maybe a two or a three day meetup, probably out in Austin, Texas, for a lot of listeners to come out. A lot of the people that have been on the podcast are gonna come out to see if we can talk about what we should all do in 2022 to crush it in real estate. So be looking forward to seeing, if you're not on our email list already, we'll talk about it on the podcast, but if you haven't yet, go to hybendigital.com, join our mailing list. That's where we're gonna be sending out info for the mastermind. And again, these 10 podcasts that we had here, man, they sure helped so many listeners crush it in 2021. I remember every one of these interviews. I remember so many parts and pieces of them. And I'm not surprised that they had so many listens and so many downloads. So if you missed any of these top tens, I definitely recommend you go back and listen to them and go listen to them fast. Because a lot of stuff happened in 2021. We have a lot of good info. And now we can hit 2022. We can hit the ground running. We can get our big goals, our big ideas, and really try to crush the real estate market, crush our goals this year, and really achieve. So Real Estate Rockstars, I appreciate every one of you. I appreciate our listeners. Be sure to share the podcast. Be sure to tell your friends about the podcast. And if you like what I'm doing, go give me a review. If you don't like what I'm doing, well, still go give me a review. It helps me get better. All right. Thanks for listening, Real Estate Rockstars. We'll see you next week. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one, and I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have, and also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free, but what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at aaronamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.